What's really good is D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, all right? And we in the streets with the sports. You hear what I'm talking about? So what I want to get into today on this episode is the NBA, all right? We done had a fast turnaround with the NBA, y'all. Season just ended, like, the beginning of July, all right? We had the draft, and now we in the summer league. All right, middle of August, we're going back to regular schedule. We still got to deal with the pandemic and protocols and vaccines and all that, but that's a whole nother topic, all right? We're going to spin a block, and we're going to talk about NBA free agency and how some teams fared, man. What, 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 what happened, all right? Now, it was some big names that kind of went on the market, but didn't really make it to the market. So, I mean, I guess one of the biggest names would probably be, or I say the two biggest names, Kawhi Leonard, the Claw. All right. Was he going to leave the Clippers? Did he feel some type of way that playoff P actually showed up in these playoffs this time? You feel me? And shout out to Paul George, though, because him, Reggie Jackson, and uh, Morris, Hey, y'all balled out. Even uh oh, what's what's go? Oh, uh, is it Trey? Not Trey, man. What's what's dude's name? Terrence, man. Hey, y'all balled out for the Clippers. All right, so they did a little something, but they kept the claw. He just reworked his deal. You know what I'm saying? Gave him a little more flexibility. Got a little longer contract. That's cool. All right, Chris Paul, the next big name. All right. He did the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Got a longer contract. You feel me? Got more. I mean, this year he was going to be guaranteed like $41 million, And that was the last year of his deal. But he reworked it. Got a four-year, $120 million contract. Really guaranteed to get about $70 million of that over the next two years. So he, he reworked it nice. You know, third year is half guaranteed. Fourth year is not really guaranteed. But shit, Chris Paul already like. 40. Not even 40 yet, but he close though. He like 36, 30, he 36, you feel me? So in the next couple of years, you know, he'd be at that age. He could retire, make good money, but he stayed with that Phoenix team and they did make it to the finals. And it might be, you know, I mean, they lost Sarge, you know, they, they lost Tory Craig, you know. It's okay though. All right. They still had Jalen Smith on back burner. You know, I, I heard from a little birdie, a little source I got. I can't say a little source. A nice source that I got down to AZ, you know what I'm saying, to let me know that uh, Nader is a name that we should be looking out for. You know, a guy who didn't really get to play like that, dealt with a little injury, but is really versatile. And, you know, the belief is that the Phoenix Sun developmental system under James Jones is really doing good. And, and we got to, you know, we got to get that kudos. Phoenix acquired Chris Paul, and he led all their draft picks to the finals. It's a good developmental system to me. All right. So other free agents, uh, Lonzo Ball. All right. Now, Lonzo Ball is the big brother of the Ball brothers, and LaMelo came in last year, which was the last year of Lonzo's rookie deal, and LaMelo kind of, you know, 
became the ball brother, you know, the premier ball brother, as they would say, you know what I mean? But uh, Lonzo, you know, has quietly been getting his game together and his shot has got better. You know, he's getting more comfortable. And he really just needed a chance to be somewhere where he could lead an offense, all right, or really lead a team from the point guard position, play open, play free, have people around him who could really help you know, uh, complement what he does, and it doesn't have to be on him to be that guy, but just to be that instrumental. You know what I mean? So he worked the sign and trade. Now, I'm not a fan of David Griff as a GM, okay? I personally think he is one of the worst GMs in NBA history, all right? And I say that because a GM should put you in a position with his acquisitions and trades to not only make you good now, but to leave some type of hope for later just in case. No plan is a good plan without a fail-safe, a backup, something. And Griff just does not do it. He just don't do it. Anyway. He don't want to keep Lonzo Ball, even though Lonzo Ball and Zion have a good chemistry. But in all fairness, they want Zion to play the point power forward and Ingram to be the sidekick. And I don't really know how that's going to work with them. Um, But they did have a free agent signing that I think is impactful because one thing I will say about David Griffin, is he does have a, a idea of how to pair the right type of basketball skills around or with his star players. You know, he, he will give his star players a chance to maximize who they are while, you know, bringing in guys who will help magnify that, you know, on a championship level, all right? He completely decimated the Cavs, but you know, getting Jr., getting Mozgov, drafting Delhi, um, you know, those things helped us win a championship. It's small as that they helped us win. You know what I mean? So I, I, I cannot downplay it. You know what I'm saying? Even getting Kevin Love, you know, I can't downplay it. But you know, they got the, you know you know the, the Pelicans all right they traded ball they traded him to the Chicago Bulls right sign and trade I believe Lonzo gets a four year eighty million dollar contract eighty five million four year eighty five million dollar contract now these Bulls man all right. And segue into the Bulls is going to lead off to the first topic of the show, all right? NBA free agency, which teams improved their chances to be a contender? So which teams improved their chances to contend next season, all right? Through this free agency, all right? We ain't even, we just going to talk to just the free agency. Who did it? So these Bulls, right? They signed a trade for Lonzo, all right? I don't even think they really gave up nothing. Um, I don't remember them giving up anything of substance. Like, this, and this is what I be talking about, David Griffin. Like, what are you doing? But anyway, the Bulls last year, now halfway through the season, 
They traded Wendell Carter Jr., you know what I'm saying? And they got uh, uh, Sasha Vucevic, right? The big man from Orlando. Now, you know, Vooch, he a, you know, he a three-level scorer for real. I mean, he probably ain't the best defender, but Vooch could shoot. You know what I'm saying? He definitely got post-game. He could pass. He a big body. You know what I'm saying? He, he ain't the most nimblest, but for his size, he pretty nimble. You know what I'm saying? Okay, boom. So they got Zach Levine a few years ago um, from Minnesota. Now, Zach Levine, they turned into a, a star. Zach Levine, almost a superstar. Like, and, and it's amazing how Minnesota had Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Levine. Anyway, so, okay, you pair Vooch with Levine, and that was pretty nice. Now you sign and trade for Lonzo Ball and then sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan, getting Thaddeus Young off your roster. And, and I, you know, I don't got nothing against Thaddeus Young. But Thaddeus Young just don't – he just don't seem like one of them players who care about winning anything. He just want to get paid. Probably a great locker room guy, good teacher and all that, but – he just never evolved from his Indiana. Anyway, so they got Patrick Williams in the draft last year, and they got Kobe White the year before that. All right. And now you're looking at a starting lineup for Chicago with Lonzo at the point, Zach Levine at the two, DeRozan at the three, Patrick Williams at the four, Vucevic at the five. Vucevic is a stretch big who can still bang in the paint. It's kind of like a bigger version of Kevin Love in a sense. Um, I mean, they going to run, bro. Lonzo Ball is about to be able to play. He didn't got his jumper together, okay? Little brother in the East then came in taking the league by storm, all right? He got something to prove. So, Lonzo Ball... Um, these these Bulls, uh, a team, I definitely feel like improved their chance to contend in the East. I mean, you know, Milwaukee did their thing, and you know, um, you know, the Nets did their thing. But I like the Bulls because it's so much going on in the Eastern Conference. I mean, we talked about how the East, you know, really has been the subpar conference. But, you know, with the exception of a couple of teams, man, like, the East really have a bunch of a, a, a draft, you know, own draft pick teams. You know what I'm saying? Philly, they stars, they drafted. Milwaukee stars, they drafted. Um, you know, New York is the exception. Uh, Atlanta drafted, they stars. Um well, I guess not the vets. But for the most part, though, they stars like Trey Young, John Collins. And they, they definitely drafted those guys. Um, the Celtics, they got their own draft picks. Um, Washington. I think that's a team I need to add to this. Um, but talking about these Heat, man, you know, getting Kyle Lowry for – getting Kyle Lowry – for Precious Altua and Gordon Dragic 
Dragic. You know, I, I hate to see Gordon uh, leave, but adding Kyle Lowry to this team just fits in so many different ways. All right, and then they brought back Victor Oladipo, you know, and it's just a one-year deal, but, you know, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, you know, that's a nice start in three. Then you add Bam. So, you know, I was saying that, you know, Bam needs somebody that can complement how he plays. Somebody who could, you know, at least stretch the floor or rebound or something. They added the other uh, Morris twin. Um, so I, I think that's a nice a nice play for them. The question is, will Oladipo come off the bench because they just gave Duncan Robinson $90 million? And you don't give a guy $90 million to come off the bench. So if we're looking at a backcourt of Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, you're talking about two defensive veterans who arguably is in the top 10 of best backcourts in the league right now. You add Duncan as a shooter who's going to automatically stretch the floor. So who plays the four or who plays the five if Bam goes to the four? You know, Bam is really a four. You know, he, he holds the five down really well, but he's really a four. You know, so we're going to see what they do with that. But I do believe that they improved their chances a lot uh, by bringing in Kyle Lowry, who's a veteran who can run the offense. All right, Spolster going to need that. You know, he going to – you know, he ain't Dwayne Wade, but he going to bring that Dwayne Wade IQ in a sense. Um, Butler going to challenge everybody, make them play hard. Bam gonna be better. Uh, Tyler Hero off the bench is gonna be nice. Um, you know, it is interesting to see what they do because you know you lose Dragic, you lose Nunn, uh, Kendrick Nunn. Um, you know, you lose Precious. Precious was a nice defensive win. You lose Iguodala, but I think you know bringing back Oladipo and having Kyle Lowry definitely, definitely. Um, help them improve their chances to contend in the East for sure, for sure. Uh, now, we can talk about the team um, that is probably, you know, I mean, it's the most historic franchise, one of them in NBA history. Everybody, I guess, wants to go there all the time because living in California is just so nice. And, and you don't get me wrong, though. Living in California is really nice, though. Like, I've been to Pasadena. You know, I've been to Inglewood. I've been through Compton. I've been on Venice Beach. I've seen uh, the architectural structures and, and different. And California is an exceptional place to live when you're rich. <laughs> like, when you got that spread, yeah, go buy you some land out in Cali, build you up some structures that ain't too far from the city, so that way you can go in and enjoy all the beauties and luxuries of Cali, and you can still live off in the cut and, you know, have your own little section, but it's going to cost you, and, you know, but the Lakers, basketball-wise, okay, they've done something nice for themselves, all right? Now, you know, it's hard to, you know, rest up to the Mamba, all right? It's hard to follow a Mamba legacy. 
But if you are going to do it, having LeBron James and Anthony Davis ain't really a bad supplement. You know, most franchises would kill to even have one of those two, let alone both at the same time. And they're arguably the two of the top five best players in the league now. And arguably, when it's said it done, will be the top five, top three best players in their position. But, all right, last year they lost to the Phoenix Suns. Who surprised everybody? But the Lakers really improved their chance to contend because at least they stay true to who they are. Bring in guys who are going to complement what you have and can still help you keep up with today's NBA. These young guys that's hungry, full of energy, talent, still developing, coming into their own. All right, that's really going to push these older guys. So, you know, shouts out to them bringing over Melo. Because, and to me, bringing over Melo this year is really significant because not only is Melo older and he's had a couple seasons to play off ball alongside, uh, you know, a Damian Lillard, CJ McCullough, but Carmelo finally got his basketball legs under him. You know, he was out for a little minute. He was mistreated. So, you know, this is virtually like year three, you know, really like year two and a half um, for him, but he's going to be playing much harder knowing I'm playing with Brian, AD, and Westbrook, all right? Whether he coming off the bench or whether they start him at the four, however they work. Maybe they start him at the three, however it works. The Lakers bringing Melo over was good because now he's a scorer. You're not asking Melo to do nothing more than what he does, bro. Put up points. Come over here and help solidify yourself in the top ten, top five of scoring all time. You know what I'm saying? Come on over here because Bron and and AD going to be over there for a couple more seasons, and you can run for a couple more seasons, all right? They bring back Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's still a big body who's still nimble and really in fit. Like, he going to be aggravating. He going to play defense. He going to talk trash. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he kind of give me them Marcus Canby vibes, you know, when Marcus Canby. You know, he kind of give me those Marcus Canby vibes. You know what I'm saying? When Marcus Canby got to the latter part of his career, um, you know, uh, in the Denver, New York years, you know, when he played with Melo, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I like him down there. Uh, they still got Marcus Hall. Now, understand, because of the way that the Lakers going to play, having a big man rotation of Marcus Hall, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis really helps. You're not really going to run Marcus Gasol too much during the 82-game season. He's really going to be for the end of the year. All right, so Dwight going to get good playing time. You know, we got to see how healthy AD is going to stay. All right, and then LeBron could play some four and Melo could play some four. All right, you bring in Russell Westbrook. If you're going to bring in Russell Westbrook, you have to bring in guys who can run with Russell, Russell Westbrook. So signing Malik Monk from the Hornets 
was might in my personal opinion that might have been the smartest signing and the steal of free agency because Malik Monk is a three-level scorer who can play above the rim. Malik Monk can dribble. He can pass. Malik Monk can play defense. So Westbrook's going to want to run. LeBron's going to run. They're going to command a lot of attention. AD going to run. But AD as a trailer is so much more effective and helps you on both ends of the floor. So who is the third guy to run the floor? Malik Monk is going to have, in my opinion, he should have a career year. Like, he should come out of this situation not only a champion, but somebody's going to want to try to build their team around him. I think it could happen, all right? The Lakers also bring in Kent Bazemore. You know, Bazemore is a journeyman. He's definitely playing on some championship teams. I, I think he got that first ring with um, – with Golden State when they had Harrison, uh, Harrison Barnes and uh, and Bogut, you know, um, but Kim Bazemore is a nice pickup. Uh, Tor, uh, uh, Talon, Talon, Talon Horton Tucker, THT. Uh, I think his game is going to grow too. Um, he seems to be thriving over there. No more Kuzma in front of him. No more uh, Caldwell Pope in front of him. Um, you know, uh, the Lakers also brought over Kendrick Nunn from uh, from Miami. And Kendrick Nunn is a scorer. All right? Make no doubt about this. So, the Lakers could possibly be coming off the bench with Kendrick Nunn, uh, Horton Tucker, or, uh, or Kent Bazemore. Melo and Dwight Howard, bro, or Marcus Hall. Like, listen, the fact that you could do something with LeBron, like throw two trees down there and spread the floor, like it, it's about to get crazy in LA. All right. And, you know, I know everybody wondering is Russ going to be a ball hog? Um, but I think, you know, when guys play with LeBron, he just commands a certain, you know, he has a certain type of cachet, man. Like, his cachet makes people alter their game because you know you're going to get to the finals with him. So I could see, you know, Russell playing more like a two. Like I said, he should have been playing. But we going to see. We going to see. But I do like the Lakers. I think they're one of one of the teams to improve their chances to contend uh, next season. Um, I really, I really, really like what they did. Um, so, another historic franchise. You know, I mean, you could argue who's 1A or 1B. No, you can't. No, you can't. Because this franchise, I don't – do they even got rings? H have they even won one? I, I think they – you know what? Yes, they did. Okay. We got to remember Walt Frazier. All right. We got to remember, you know, the the historic guys that played in the Big Apple. All right. And the New York Knicks surprised 
everybody last year, okay? And I think they were smart, all right? They, you know, retain Julius Randle. He ended up becoming a premier star on their team. They still got R.J. Barrett, who's entering the last year of his rookie deal, and he's playing to see how much he's going to be worth on the next contract, all right? They brought over Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose, you know, he getting his basketball legs all the way back under him. So I, I like the resurgence of his career, and I like how he fits over there playing with Tibbs again, all right? He had his best years playing under Tibbs. So I, I can't be surprised if he does something magical in New York all right, with these Knickerbockers, all right? Um, they brought over Kemba Walker. Um, which is a very, very interesting signing. They also brought back Nerlens Noel. Uh, Mitchell Robinson should be back from injury. Uh, they also brought back Reggie Bullock. They signed Evan Fournier. And they brought back Alex Burke. All right. But they also have Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin. Um, Toppin the top. 10 pick last year, big man, Dayton, high flyer, good offense, uh, definitely has a chance to be a good defender. Um, he didn't really get to play last year, but, you know, now Todd Gibson's gone, and uh, I, I think he's going to have a lot more chance to play. Um, what I'm wondering is who gets traded, all right? Because I don't know how it's going to work with Kemba Rose quickly, Bullock, Fournier, Burks, and R.J. Barrett with Toppin and Randall. Um, it's an 82-game season, though, and I think for once, I think for once in basketball, the smart coaches will actually use the whole 15-man roster this year. I think you could see in the beginning of the season a lot of the end-of-the-bench guys playing a lot of minutes in November. Definitely in November and probably into to the middle of December. You know, I you could see – so, you know – that's that's another part for another thing. But these Knicks improve their chances, all right? They're going to be a problem in the East. They're defensive-minded, and when you add Kemba as a scorer to guys on your team who are growing as scorers, it really should vote with. The East will – oh, we'll get into that topic in a minute too, all right? So – Another team, you know, who really improved their chances. Now, this team was the best team in the West last year, right? You know, I thought it was really insulting that their star player, you know, Spider Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, I thought it was really insulting that he didn't get no MVP considerations last year. All right, I don't understand how you're the best player on the best team with the best record. You're one of the top scorers in the league who bring it night in and night out, and you're not in consideration. 
you got a big man who's a multiple defensive player of the year winner. You bring in probably the most ambidextrous guard to play the game with Mike Conley, and they extended Mike Conley, brought him back on the, like a three-year, $70 million or $60 million, whatever the case. It was a nice deal because I like Conley with, with Spider Mitchell. I, I just want to see what they're going to do with their forwards, but, you know, they added – a couple guys that I think really helped go with what they got. Um, I'm not sure if Joe Ingles is still a a free agent, but I like Royce O'Neal and I like uh, Bogdan, the older Bogdan, the big big Bogdan, big bro Bogdan. All right, I, I like what they did. Um, so, you know, just to do a little recap, all right, the Bulls, the Heat, the Lakers, the Knicks, the Jazz. These are all teams that I feel like improve their chances the most to contend next season. Now, it's some other teams that did some minor moves. Um, but, you know, the Jazz, let, let me go a little bit further with these Jazz right quick before I, before I segue into the next topic. All right. The Jazz signed Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside. All right. I just want you to understand why they made this list. Because some people will hear this and be like, well, I can understand why you put those guys up there. But why did you put the Jazz up there? Well, what was the Jazz main problem last year? After Rudy Gobert goes out, who fills the void? Hassan Whiteside is still a young player. Not that he's like 26 or something. But for NBA standards, 30-31 is still pretty young. All right? Damian Lillard's 31. All right? Russell Westbrook's 32. So 31 is still pretty young. Uh, Hassan playing behind Gobert was a great signing. All right? Another guy who's going to be able to come in and just rebound and block. And then because he's going to be coming off the bench, playing with another um, free agent sign that I like, and that's Rudy Gay. All right, Rudy Gay plays the four now. You know, he older. But we cannot forget that Rudy Gay got game still. And for the type of team that Utah has, you know, they lost Derek Favors, but they gained another seven-footer. I I highly doubt you ever see Gobert or Hassan on the same at the same time unless matchups, you know, call for it. All right. You know, who knows what Denver does with bowl bowl and maybe they roll out Jokic and bowl bowls. You may need to put two seven footers out. I mean, Cleveland does have Evan Mobley and and Jared Allen. Maybe that's the scenario. You know, we were just talking about the Lakers and they, you know, with Gasol and, uh, and AD and, and Dwight Howard. Maybe that's a scenario where, you know, they could roll them out. But I highly doubt you see the Utah Jazz use Hassan Whiteside and uh, Rudy Gobert on the court together. But having Hassan Whiteside and pairing him with Rudy Gay helps because Rudy Gay can still put up some points and he going to play some defense. And, you know, 6'9 with a 6'11", 7'4 wingspan helps, all right? 
Spider gonna get his. Connie gonna get his. Bogdan gonna do his thing. Clarkson gonna come off the bench doing his thing with that group. So them really just helping Clarkson be more of a scorer. All right, um, you know. So I, I, this is why the Jazz made this list to me because though those were two, you know, minimum veteran deal signings, they will play significant or instrumental minutes, um, you know, for this team. This team could still – could they still have a best record again? Who knows, all right? But I like the signings. All right, so now let's talk about – okay. So we done went through improved teams, all right? We done went through the players on those teams, all right? Uh, so I want to talk about the biggest impact on a new team and under-the-radar acquisitions all in one. Because I think for the guys that I'm going to mention, I feel like they kind of fit both categories. Um, biggest impact on a new team. Now, I got Boyle and DeRozan up there who I've talked about. I've called Lowry up here who I've talked about. Uh, Kimball Walker I didn't elaborate on a lot. So I'll start there, all right? Kimball Walker added to the Knicks is just there for scoring and to be able to help facilitate scoring because Kimball can pass. Kimball's a defensive liability, but he can pass and score. Now, we could beg to ask the question, will Kimball come off the bench? That is really the key. You know, does Thibodeau say, hey, I should bring Kimba and Rose off the bench together with Nerlens Noel and then fill in, you know, a OB or a, uh or Alex Burke like that. And maybe he wanna start quickly and and RJ at the two. I literally will argue that Julius Randle should play the three. Because of the way they use him, I totally argue that he should play the three and Obi should start. All right? Because you're going to start Mitchell Robinson. There's no mystery about that. All right? But you need somebody that's going to help unclog the paint from the four. Julius Randle is not... Julius Randle is not a shooter, but he can score. Right? He can shoot the ball a little bit. Obi can actually shoot and run the floor and play above the rim. Emmanuel quickly is a better defender. He's only a better defender than Rose, though, in my opinion, because Rose dealt with the injuries. If Rose still had his knees, this wouldn't even be a conversation. We'd probably be having a whole different conversation about Derrick Rose and one foot knee, but you know what I'm saying? But right now, Rose not a defender. I like quickly as the starter. You should with RJ at the two. I I like Randall playing the three. I like Obi playing the four. Mitchell playing the five. But Kimba is going to add a much-needed scoring punch that is going to be hard to any team to counter. All right? Kimba didn't already show he can light any team up for 30, 
40, even 50 points if he needs to. All right? He's going to be able to come to New York and just score the rock and contribute to putting up points. And that, to me, is going to be one of the biggest impacts on why the Knicks will probably even be better than what they was last year. I ain't going to talk about the things I don't agree with. But I want to say go over to Devontae Graham, who was with the Hornets last year, who was a G League guy who earned a, uh, uh, who basically earned a, a roster spot, then earned a contract. I like him for the Pelicans because the Pelicans don't have any shooters. Let's just be honest. The Pelicans don't have any shooters. Zion is a scorer. Brandon Ingram is a shore who could stretch the floor. They traded Steven Adams and, you know, they swapped picks and Eric Bledsoe, and they brought over Jonas Valanciunas, who was with the Raptors, then went to the Memphis Grizzlies, and now he's over here with the Pelicans. all right? He can shoot the ball. The way they used Zion and Ingram last year was – them guys basically are the point guards. They initiate the offense. Maybe David Griff is still stuck like somebody's the second coming of LeBron. I, I already elaborated on Griff earlier. It's whatever with what he's talking about. Um, but Devontae Graham is going to get a lot of shots. He's going to be a guy that's going to stretch the floor so great for these Pelicans. All right, I wouldn't even doubt if at some point the Pelicans hit a nice stride and they look at Devontae Graham as part of a big three. Now, some people will be like, what the fuck is Detroit talking about? All right, why would he even say something outrageous like that? All right, now, didn't they get Kira Walker? I mean, uh, Kira Lewis. I'm so sorry. Kira Lewis Jr., um, who him and Devontae are about the same size. And then they got uh, Nikhil Walker, who Nikhil Walker is really a two-guard. I'm, I, I, I believe he's going to start. So, ultimately, you got Graham with Nikhil Walker, Zion, Graham, or Graham, I mean, uh, Ingram, Zion, and Valanciunas. They're going to come off the bench with Jackson Hayes. You're going to come off the bench with Kara Lewis Jr. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Hart. But, you know, they will probably regress, though. But each one of these players, Ingram, uh, uh, Zion, Graham, Valanciunas, all of them will improve this year. I believe they all will improve because I believe all of them games work together. Uh, I think Ad and Graham really helps, and Nikhil Walker playing that too going to really help more than they realize. Um, and Nikhil Walker can help stretch the floor too. So, um, you know, my under the, now, my under the radar acquisitions are not for teams that's contending. Um, these teams, well, one is a playoff team, and the other one, Probably won't be, but anything could happen this year. And if a team starts out hot, that 
that could still leave him in a nice position at the back end of the season. Um, Kelly Oubre to the Charlotte Hornets. You know, Kelly Oubre was in Washington. Kelly Oubre was in Phoenix. Um, Kelly Oubre has been a few places. But I like, he was in Golden State. But I like Kelly Oubre with Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, um, McKeel Bridges, and LaMelo Ball. I don't really know how Terry Rozier fits in this equation with them, but I do like Oubre um, with P.J. Washington and McKeel Bridges because if they go small ball, their small ball is still kind of tall ball because you have LaMelo with Gordon, Oubre, Bridges, or Bridges, Oubre, and Washington. And anybody going trying to run with that lineup is going to have problems because they literally can run up and down the floor. So um, they all still young, though. But I just think that dynamic with Gordon Hayward uh, probably playing a lot better, having his legs up under him, not two years removed from the injury. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be nice. Um, another acquisition. I was looking for this guy. I was trying to see where he went um, because he wasn't on the Jazz anymore, and I come to find out he's with the Thunder. Um, Derek Favors a former number two overall pick who got lost behind the the emergence of Brooke Lopez with Brooklyn. And then he went to the Pelicans and then he ended up with the Jazz or he left it. He went to the Jazz and then went to the Pelicans and went back to the Jazz. Um, you know, I think Derek Favors has a lot of game. Um, I think now as an older guy, because he came into the league as like a 17, 18-year-old. So he's only like 29 now, 30, which is virtually still kind of in his prom. Uh, he's in in uh, OKC in Oklahoma City. And I like the idea of Favors playing the center or the four. They don't really have a center, so I'm assuming he's going to play center. But they drafted Josh Giddy from Australia, who's like six seven, six eight. I think he might even be six now. Giddy tall, all right. And then they have Shea Gilders Alexander, who they just gave historic money to. So I like those three as a building block. Um, Favors is the veteran big man, set screens. He's gonna stretch the floor a little bit. He's gonna play in the post. He's going to get a lot of shots because of the way Giddy and uh, SGA play. He's going to be able to, you know, he might even be a 20 and 10 guy this year. He could be a 15 and 15 guy this year. Um, I, I like his situation with the Thunder. Um, he's the only big man. We're going to see what other moves they're going to make because, you know, the Thunder got like 45 first round picks over the next like three seasons or something. Some crazy, whatever the case. Um, so you know, but these are the guys that I feel like really, really, um, really were impact their teams in a nice way.
I think these guys fit with what's going on with the teams they uh, were newly acquired by. Um, and, you know, it, it, it leaves to ask, have the balance of power really changed in the East and Western Conference? But, you know, I would love to talk to you about more exciting and interesting things when it comes to the exciting world of basketball. But I'm going to need you to hit the like button, hit the share button, leave a comment, follow, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Facebook, Industry Sports. I am D. Trent. This is Game Changer Sports Talk, and I will holler at you later.